ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our special guest is the amazing Josh Pickford, the founder of Parametrics, who has lately started to work with e-commerce. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. This episode is brought to you by Ops Calendar, a smarter content calendar. Whether you're producing blog posts, podcasts, or anything else on a recurring basis, Ops Calendar can automate the process. Their smart checklists automate due dates and teammate assignments. Their smart social posting lets you schedule a queue of posts to promote each piece of content. You can even connect Google Analytics and see traffic and conversions on a post-by-post basis right in your calendar. Go to opscalendar.com, mention UI Breakfast, and get 30% off any plan for your first six months. Hi, Josh. Hey, Jane. Thank you so much for finding time and joining us. Absolutely. So, to get started, we have a Blitz questionnaire, and then we're going to continue with the main topic. How does that sound? Perfect. So, question number one is, what do you do for a living? Who? Um, so, my, my main thing is uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Bear Metrics. So, we offer um, business insights for primarily subscription companies, um, and then uh, on the side to kind of uh, flex my creative muscles, um, I have a, a like an e-commerce um, little shop or operation, whatever you want to call it, called uh, Cedar and Sale, which we uh, do kind of like home decor, planters, and desk accessories and like the stuff like that. Awesome. Um, tell us a little bit of your background story. How did you get there? I would love to hear both uh, the amazing success story of Biometrics and what you did before that. Yeah. So I, um, I mean, I think since I was a kid, have been had some sort of like entrepreneurial gland. Um, I mean, I was <laughs> I was a kid who was like always looking to like cut the neighbors' yards and like figure out ways to make money on the side. Um, and then, um, so I went to school for graphic design. Um, that's sort of what my background is in and then from an education standpoint, but while I was in college, so that I was in college in, um, like early two thousands and that was sort of like, I, I, the ability to make money on the, on the internet was, I mean, arguably on in some level easier. So you know, especially from like ad revenue. So like tons of people were making a ton of money from ad revenue. And like as a college kid, I was making thousands of dollars a month off of just random websites with ads on them. And it, it was very easy to make money on the web with that kind of stuff. And so like that got, that sort of like spoiled me to like making, being this like self-employed person who can just like make stuff and make money from it. Um, and so that kind of just led to this whole string of like random making things and you know going from one thing to the next for ten plus years, which ultimately led to Bear Metrics, um, which you know I, I started about four years ago. Awesome! And for Bear Metrics, uh, how did you get started and how did you grow? Yeah, so Bear Metrics was started um, as sort of a scratch my own itch kind of thing, where I had two other SaaS products in the survey space where. Um, at the time, I mean, four years ago, there there wasn't any really easy way to to get 
um, what would we call like subscription analytics. So monthly recurring revenue, lifetime value, churn, et cetera. Um, you, were, you had to do that stuff manually in spreadsheets or build all these internal tools, which would have been, for most people, very sort of high level. You really couldn't get much out of the data. Um, so I decided to build something. Uh, myself for that. So um, I built it. And then after talking to some other um, friends who are founders about this little tool I built, there was some interest. So I decided to like just throw it out there. And honestly, I was expecting it to just sort of be like another thing that I did. I mean, like I've kind of always had a little bit of like a diversification on my end where I'm doing two, three, four things at the same time and I don't have all my eggs in one basket. And so I thought this would just sort of be another thing um, to sort of expand my portfolio of stuff that I was doing. Um, but it quickly took off and surpassed any of the other things I was doing. So um, it was sort of the first time I had anything take off pretty quickly. And I decided to just go all in on it. And, and um, yeah, and so it's just kept, kept growing since then. What does your typical day look like? Typical day. So I've got three kids. Um, and they all, you know, I, I wake up early, go for a run and then it's like, get the kids ready for school and out the door. Um, and so then after that, I'm usually, I usually try to start work by about eight in the morning and then, uh, it's a thousand different things. I mean, every day is pretty much different. So, um, it's whether that's like marketing stuff or like talking to people on our team, like, you know, I've, I've had. Uh, already had a one-on-one with one team member this morning, and I'll have a couple more later today. Um, it, it really varies from day to day. And then I try to wrap up. I, still... I try to wrap up around like um, three or so in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, do you still have a chance to uh, get your hands dirty with actual design? Mm-hmm. No, I've hired people. <laughs> well, I, so not, not on bare metrics. So, like, I, you know, I'm part of growing a company is hiring people who are exponentially better than you are at stuff. And so, uh, I, we've got, um, like an amazing designer, probably one of the best designers uh, I've ever met. And then, um, also some really great engineers, uh, as well that, you know, I mean, that was stuff that I was doing to get bare metrics off the ground, but, um, I, you know, that's not my forte anymore. So, Really. By the way, congratulations on your latest uh, redesign. The, oh, the website looks fabulous. Thank it's, you. it's a new, uh, alongside Stripe, it's like one of their iconic websites that everyone wants to look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been fun. I mean, the feedback's been uh, you know mostly positive, so I'm happy with it. What do you enjoy the most and the least about your work? Oh, um. Enjoy the most that I sort of like every because every day is different. Like I get um, bored quickly if I'm not learning something new. So the fact that I still don't really have any idea what I'm doing is uh, really beneficial because every day I'm getting to like figure something new out. Um, so that's what keeps it interesting. The least favorite, um, I don't know. I, I don't know that there's anything that I just don't like. I think like I've become um, like less interested or I, I, I don't know the, I, this is more like nitpicky stuff in the like SAS world where, um, I think there's lots of people who like, like to talk about things, but don't ever do anything. And so I've kind of like, I don't like that 
there's a lot of sort of inaction from people who are like, stuff's not working, and then they don't do anything to fix it. But I mean, that's like a really <laughs> sort of obscure random thing. So you really haven't f- figured things out, as you say. That's pretty surprising. You look like you know what you're doing. Ah. <laughs> Uh, what is your next big thing? What with bare metrics or what? I guess in all kinds of you know ecosystems. I don't know. I mean, like um, I don't. Uh, which my wife drives her crazy. Like I don't. I'm not much of a goal setter. At least not long term goals. Like um, I. To me, it's sort of. I enjoy not knowing what's coming up because, like, that makes it. I like I like spontaneity, and so um, sort of not knowing or being able to like chase a rabbit kind of thing um, is something that I, I, I'm really into. So um, I think like on the bare metric side of things, there's some huge product changes coming over the next probably six months. Um, that I my hope is that it it like just completely changes um, kind of metrics sort of growth trajectory and all the stuff that we're able to do and the number of businesses that we're able to help. But then on top of that, you know, there's like the Cedar and Sale stuff, the like little hobby e-commerce stuff. Um, there's like being able to design new products and stuff is really interesting to me too. So like, you know, that, again, that's like the creative gland that I get to sort of flex. Um, mm-hmm. But I, mean, I don't really you- plan too long term after that. I see. Yeah, that totally resonates with me. I, I I can't even imagine how you can plan for like five years right. or ten years yep. or something. That's impossible. For barometrics changes, do you have any? Uh, are you do you have permission to disclose? <laughs> yeah, well, so some of it. Um, yeah, like I so okay. So high level. Um, for the past four years, barometrics has largely. I mean, we've had huge improvements and all sorts of things, but it's largely been just a reporting tool. So, um, you know, it's like you put data in and we make it look really nice and help you like sift through what's ultimately just rows in a database. Um, but what we've started dabbling in, which we've like really sort of got a taste of back in April, we launched this tool called recover, which helps businesses, um, basically collect failing charges and, um, you know, customers whose cards are have expired or, or failing for whatever reason. So helping customers fix that stuff and get, get money that they otherwise would have lost or customers that they would have lost. And, you know, we've, we've helped businesses recover hundreds of thousands of dollars with um, that tool. And so um, doing more tools like that, that are still like related to growing your company, um, but like making bare metrics, this like, larger suite of tools to, to help help your company instead of it just being like this sort of numbers and graphs thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think to me, um, you know, over the past sort of, I don't, we'll say five, maybe 10 years, but maybe the past really five years, there's been um, what people would describe as like the great unbundling of software where there's like just a thousand random apps that do very specific things. And so every every business has signed up for like, 50 plus services or, so, or more um, to do all these random um, tasks. Uh, and now I think we're starting to see more tools 
do a wider range of things because people are kind of got, they've got like tool fatigue. Like they don't even know what tools to use. They forget what tools they're using. Um, and they're, they have trouble like becoming an expert in any tool they're using because they've got too many tools. So, uh, having something that can be a more of a, a holistic way to grow your company, um, is kind of, uh, that's an angle that we're approaching over the next six plus months. Yeah, you're definitely not alone in that direction. For example, Intercom is about a suite right. of exactly. apps in different directions. Kissmetrics, I think, introduced uh, custom engagement yep. emails yep. too. So it's an interesting place to For be sure. at, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> awesome. Now let's talk about e-commerce and how you find it as opposed to being, you know, in the internet only business for years. Mm -hmm. So tell us just for starters, tell us how you came up with the idea and how you got started with the store. Yeah, so um about let's see when were this? This would have been like eight, eight, nine years ago. Um my wife and I actually had a, an e-commerce shop um for collectible toys, which seems random, but they were these like art toys called Urban Vinyl. Um so it's sort of like part of the people who like do graffiti and things like that. I would also like also design toys, which is random, but it was this whole like sort of subculture. Um, and so we had, we had a toy store and um, that was a ton of fun. I mean, like there's something about having this like physical <laughs> product. I mean, like we're, we're saying like in our basement at home, we just stacked up to the ceiling. We had shelves and shelves of toys and my, my wife would spend all day like packing up boxes and shipping things out. And it was like there's something different about having this like physical product that somebody orders and then you get to like pack it up for them and and ship it to them and it's like you know whenever you order anything from like Amazon or something like on some level it feels like a little bit of like Christmas every time you get a little package. So um I had we sold that company back in 2008 7 I can't remember exactly. Um and since then I've always been like sort of itching to get back to to that on some level. But what I knew I didn't want to do was, um, buy and resell someone else's product. So like that with the, with the, with the toy store, it was like, you know, you'd buy wholesale from the manufacturer and then you'd sell it for a markup. Right. Um, and so the margins aren't great. And again, like you just, you don't have any control over the product, you know? So I, I wanted something where like I'm creating something and then I get to sell it to somebody. So, um, so I kind of, I started dabbling in just like home decor stuff, like planters and candles and just like stuff I could make in, um, my little workshop. And, uh, and so that's why about a year ago, I started kind of poking around with that stuff and decided to like, give it a go, uh, and see what would happen. Cause I, I still like, I've learned a ton over the past 10 years about just business in general. Um, and I figured like, Hey, I can apply some of that and actually, you know, try to produce this stuff on a little bit larger scale and, um, and see what happens. So that's, that's kind of what I did. So you're producing all of these things yourself with your hands. Correct. So like I've got, you know, I've produced the molds that I pour concrete into to create the planters and I design all that stuff on a, you know, like on the computer and then I 3d print the shapes to create molds. And then I create the silicone molds out of that. And then I, you know, pour those different shapes and, uh, also like make our own candles that we put in that stuff. And yeah, I do all that stuff. Oh, yeah. awesome. Awesome. I, 
I think most of all, I liked the uh, hexagonal uh, coasters yeah. with with the just one side painted that make it. Trio? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I was just charmed by the well, pictures. Good, good. Right on. Yeah, that's a, so I'll do like local markets and I'll put those coasters out on the table like that and have them in this like really nice looking pattern. And everybody that's like, you know, has sort of the same reaction. Like, oh, that looks so good. So, yeah, that's, that's fun. <laughs> so you mentioned you have, you know, this benefit of having advanced business knowledge. Which of that did you apply from day one? And what do you think differentiates you from typical e-commerce Yeah, founder. I don't know. I mean, I think like, so there's the fact that I've done an e-commerce business before. So it was really easy from, um, from the logistical standpoint for me to get up and running again. Like I knew about like fulfilling orders and printing shipping labels and like different size boxes. And like, you know, there's like what's called like dimensional weight, which is like, you know, different size boxes. Uh, that's like how a lot of uh, carriers um, calculate shipping costs. And so it's like, I knew how to like save some money there. And like, there was just sort of like some of that logistical stuff that I knew that I was able to bring to the table. And then also just knowing sort of how to market to people on some level that I just didn't have any of that, that skill set at all 10 years ago. Um, so I think the marketing aspect of it, um, has changed or I, the fact that I've had some experience in that over the past few years, Uh, made that a little bit easier for me to kind of like get the ball rolling. And I mean, just the fact that I've got a bit of a following, like certainly nothing huge, but I mean, way more than I would have had, you know, five, 10 years ago. So it's easier to get in front of people now than it was back then. All right. Uh, In plain English, you're an internet celebrity and that is one of your marketing channels. <laughs> well, celebrity is super generous, but I mean, I, there, yes, there's like, it's just, I've got, I've got sort of a built in group of people that I can put something in front of that again, like it would have been really difficult to, to make that happen five years ago, even in your, uh, in your internet experience, have you been uh, selling info products ever, or have you been always, you know, bound to SaaS and the service um, side? Um, I don't know that I've ever done the info product thing. It's always been what I would like. Yeah. Either some sort of software or a physical product. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. The, the closest thing to like an info product, I think, I mean, sort of stuff outside of software that I've done software and e-commerce would have been like selling education stuff. So I had like a video uh, thing for like Mac or Apple users where it was like Apple sort of training videos. So we produced, I don't know, a hundred of these videos about how to do everything on your Mac or using different apps like Final Cut or Logic or whatever, like, or even just your, your Mac in general. And then you could pay like a subscription fee to get access to all these videos. So did that. And then, um, Oh, and then I had uh, a thing called the Apple blog. So that was like a, a tech publication, um, I mean, it was a, a blog, but that uh, that got pretty popular back in that was two thousand. It got acquired in two thousand seven, I think, um, by another publication called GigaOM, um, and so that yeah, those are probably the non-software e-commerce things that I've done. Um. That's super interesting. What I wanted to hear is essentially like how is it different to sell one-off things that are digital as opposed to selling one-off things that are, for example, home decor. Right. Um, 
I don't know. I, I haven't done like sold. I, I haven't sold any like digital, like here's a PDF kind of thing or like here. Mm-hmm. So I have yeah, no, I haven't really done anything specifically. Like that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I would love to hear how did you approach designing your website? Uh, it's pretty minimal, but at the same time, it's super attractive. Is it all your work or did you hire someone? And, uh, just how did you go about, uh, you know, all these product images, for example? Yeah, that's all, that's all internal from our designer, Joey. So he's, he's mm-hmm. fantastic. So we, we, yeah, we, we do all that stuff in house. Cool. Um, do you have like newsletter and all these things? We do have a newsletter. Um, and I, when I, I haven't written, I used to write every week, uh, and I, you know, we'd send out a newsletter every week, but now it's, mm-hmm. it's more like once a month if we're lucky. Um, but yeah, we've got that too. Okay, cool. Uh, but I imagine it's not just all, you know, roses and violets and you, you have hit some roadblocks, uh, and I would love to hear what those were for you. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, like, I guess there's two different kinds of, um, sort of roadblocks or hurdles or whatever for um, a typical, we'll say, software business. So um, there's product um, roadblocks. So that might be things like not um, like things getting stagnant or taking too long to launch something that your customers have been wanting, or having like stability issues with servers, um, or just making the wrong decisions about like where to go next. Um, and I think like we've on some level done all of those things. I mean, we've made all those mistakes. Um, and, it, uh, and then there's like the, the business, um, roadblocks. So that's stuff like spending more money than you have or like hiring too fast and then getting close to running out of money. Um, so we've done that as well. So we've, we've, <laughs> we've made all the mistakes. Um, that is in their metrics or with a store? Oh, uh, that's all bare metrics. Okay. The question was about the store. Oh, the store. We're talking about the store now. Um, I don't know. Right. I mean, so hurdles with that. I, I have set the bar so low with, with the store. Like I have zero expectations. Anything, um, any, anything that all that has worked has all just been like icing on the cake. Like I have sort of assumed that nobody wants these things and nobody's going to buy them and they're just fun to make. But people have been buying them and, uh, and so I, you know, I keep doing it. Um, I, I think like roadblocks, it's not even a roadblock. It's just like figuring out how to balance your time between the two. Like, cause it's not like I want to stop doing bare metrics. I want to do both, but you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So I think roadblocks just comes down to like figuring out how to use your time, um, wisely or like to be most impactful and not just impactful from a business perspective, but like impactful from a personal perspective. Like I don't want to be working till 4am every night, like making concrete planters because I have to do that. You know, like I don't want to set myself (laughs) up to have to do that kind of stuff. So like, um, it's just figuring out how to, to like how to balance it all. Are you planning to hire out uh, some help? Uh, no, not really. At least not at this point. I mean, I, I think, if it got to the point where I like it made financial sense, then I don't know, maybe. Uh, but at this point, like it's still a ton of fun just to make the things. So like, 
until that becomes time prohibitive, then, or I'm like interested in doing some other aspect of, of the business, like designing new products. And I'd rather be doing that instead of like producing them. I don't know. But like, I, I thoroughly enjoy like not just the process, but like the entire process from like conception of the idea through like producing the product to fulfilling an order. Like, like before we hopped on the call, I was like boxing up orders for Cedar and Sale. So it's like that stuff, it's just fun to me to do the whole thing. Um, and maybe one day I'll get tired of a certain part of the process and it could be making enough money to pass that off to somebody else, but we're not even kind of there right now. Are you doing anything special with this packaging? Mm. Uh, I've tried to... This packaging stuff gets expensive really quickly. And so I've, I've tried to make it sort of look nice but not be cost prohibitive. Um, so I've got like a, like a rubber stamp with a Cedar and Sale logo and these like nice um, uh, cotton bags that I'll put the products in and, and just try to like make it look as nice as I can without spending a ton of money on packaging. Mm-hmm. For the back end, uh, your store runs on Shopify, from what I see. Yeah. Um, uh, was it like an instant choice, or did you compare some platforms before you got started? It was. It was pretty much an instant choice. Like, um, I yeah, I just it seemed the most the easiest way to get up and running. Like, I had had some experience with some of the bigger ones. Like, even back when I, my wife and I had the e-commerce, the toy store, like. I initially had just built an entire shop myself, like built an entire shopping cart system myself for that. And whoa, whoa, <laughs> uh, which, but at the time that's the thing, like back in 2000, this would have been like started that in 2006, I think like 11 years ago, there weren't any really great options. There was lots of like these like open source PHP, um, shopping cart apps that were just look terrible. And, um, were way too complicated, and Shopify at the time existed, but like didn't do anything really. It was it was really basic at the time, and um, and so it just. I've, and I was also like learning how to program at the time, like, I, and it was sort of a, a, a fun challenge. Um, but like by the time we sold that company, we had moved. There was a, a a system called Magento that I think got acquired by eBay or something. But like at the time, like they were just coming out with their product and like we end up switching to that but i mean it was even just this super clunky bulky like enterprisey software stuff and shopify i've kind of had my eye on it for the past few years anyways and loved what they're doing from like a marketing perspective and the product itself looked really great so i just kind of went with it sounds awesome so you've been you've been in e-commerce even before that and you were generally an accomplished businessman were there any surprises that or discoveries that you made this time with Cedar and Sale? Um, doing local stuff uh, was really profitable. So having like there's ever I mean pretty much in any decent sized city there's like these local markets basically every weekend of the year. So that's like farmers markets or these like different like <laughs> different like. Um, sort of like local festivals and and other types of markets and stuff. So, um, I like a few months ago started doing some of those just to try it. I had no idea if it would work or not. Um, but it did work. And that's a, like a really easy way to get uh, an influx of cash is doing those things. Um, 
So that was that was super interesting to me, and like that's something that I couldn't have done with the e-commerce. I mean, the the toy store because like that's just like essentially it's it's these products they're they're not like locally made or anything like it's just um, just buying and reselling them but like all these local markets um it's made up of people who are also making things and then you know people come because they want to buy and and help they want to shop local and not just buy from like big box stores and stuff and like that's become a bigger deal over the past 10 years anyways and so now that's like having this product that is locally made and handmade it's like um, people kind of gravitate towards it and so doing that local sort of in-person stuff um, that that has worked really well. Well, I have a rich imagination. I can imagine Bear Metrics founders standing in a black apron in a, some sort of sale, <laughs> yard sale, right, right. <laughs> Christmas sale. It makes me so entertained. I know, I know. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's more, it's like you're out in a, you know, they'll block off a street um in in the middle of the city and everybody's got these like 10 by 10 tents set up with their own like booth and stuff and it's like I'll be not next to somebody who's like making selling soaps or like um like hand illustrated prints and stuff like that so it's it tends to be like in the middle of like other artists for the most part mm-hmm. For for people who are considering an e-commerce business do you think uh, uh, do you think it's it can be a sustainable source of income, or do you consider you know SaaS money coming easier? Um, I think they both have pros and cons. I mean, like you know, in the same way that you can build you could build some software, but turns out nobody wants it, and nobody's gonna will, will pay you for it, or at least not enough to sustain the business. Exact same thing exists in e-commerce, where you might have a product that um, nobody actually wants. So it's really the same thing, just a different product. But I'm wondering, most of the things that people sell online are not painkillers, sort of speaking. Uh, they're very much vitamins, you know, decorations, little gifts, something else. How do you make sure that people need it? Well, they don't need it at all. But it's like, <laughs> uh, but they, but if you're making something that they want, I mean, it's like it's it's um, you've got like B to B and then like B to C, and like this is. Barometrics is firmly B two B, whereas Cedar and Sale is very much B two C. So, like, it's it's just a totally different ball game. Like, consumers learning like what consumers want and what they don't want. What you know, times of year, certain times of year are better than others, and um, certain type of styles are better than others. I mean, like, that's just it's just sort of like a different puzzle to figure out. Um, but I think like certainly. I don't, I'm not trying to like create something that, because it's a consumer focused thing, I'm not trying to like create something that like solves a problem they're having. Other, unless you consider like their side table is missing a planter as being like a problem, you know? So, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's just a, a different sort of thing to have to approach. As we're wrapping up today's episode, if you were to give advice to a fellow, I don't know, software engineer or a designer who has, uh, you know, experience in online world and uh, wants to dabble in or try their uh, luck in, in the e-commerce business, uh, what would be, you know, the steps for them to follow? What do, do they need to know? Um, I think when it comes to e-commerce stuff, I know this is just from my own personal experience here, like doing, 
like selling something that you've created is a lot more fulfilling than um, basically like buying and selling, like doing like wholesale and doing then like reselling somebody else's product. So, uh, and I, I think a lot of people who they start dabbling in e-commerce via um, like the whole drop shipping world is huge because you can make a lot of money that way. But it's also like from a I, the reason I do the e-commerce stuff is because it's like it fulfills um, the creative side that I don't that is sort of get, is missing on the software side of things. Like I just ma- I just enjoyed like making things with my hands. So um, I think other people who want to get into that like if if you want to get into it just to make money, like there, that's that changes your the the way that you'll approach it versus like if you're just wanting to like sort of like give yourself a hobby, and then if you can turn that into a business, then cool. But otherwise, I guess I would just say like figure out what your motivation is. Mm-hmm. That's a great piece of advice. Thank you so much. So to recap, where can people find you, uh, Bear Metrics, and Cedar and Sale online? Yep. So um, you can either. Email me directly, josh at joshpigford.com or on Twitter at Spigford. And then Bearmetrics is bearmetrics.com. And then Cedar and Sale is cedarandsale.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insight. I hope it will help people, you know, get inspired about other things, not just software. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, Jane. Have a great day. All right. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. It will help other people discover this podcast.